Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ugly Ducklings podcast with your hosts, Bryce and Rashida. Today, we are here to just talk about life in relation to parents. So, uh, you know, Bryce and I both come from parents who had us at what I guess most society would consider later age, like ages in life. So we can just talk about how it is, you know, being in your thirties, dealing with um, the transition of your parents being from young and energetic and easy to move around and very mobile to maybe not so much in like their later stages of life. Yeah. Yeah. So like Rashida said, my parents had me at 37 and 39 and I always felt like I had older parents and that's because I had older siblings. So my sister and I are 17 years apart and my brother and I are six years apart. So my sister is kind of, kind of, excuse me, the equivalent of like a second mom. So I had like, you know, the mom, the mom who birthed me, which I love dearly. Then I had my sister who acts like as a mom as well, because she's always been an adult. Yes. So um, it's funny because most kids growing up said that like their parents are like on the playground with them, like running and sprinting. And my parents weren't doing any of that. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, by the time I was like in elementary school, my parents are close to their mid forties. And um, back then I feel like that was not as common as it is today because Rashida and myself are also in our mid thirties and we don't have any children. So by the time we have children, if we do, we will also be probably even older than when our parents had us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, lifestyles were completely different from how they were back then in comparison to now. And I say all that to say now I'm in my mid-30s and my parents are in their 70s. And my father's health has declined a lot in the last like six to seven years uh, with surgeries heart attacks, um, many strokes, and it definitely has changed the dynamics of our household in a sense that like my dad, we're used to him playing like, you know, or fulfilling that whole alpha male role, like strong father works a lot. The voice of reason, because we spent a lot of time with my mom. She raised three kids. She picked us up from school every day. My dad, like I said, worked a lot. So just just seeing him go from like this strong man physically and emotionally to now he's more vulnerable. Um, he's way more emotional. I have to help him up and down the steps when he comes to visit. So yeah. it's kind of like we essentially switched roles. Yeah, no, I feel like that is why I was like, this is definitely the circle of life. Um mm -hmm because you are a baby and they take care of you. And then, you know, to some degree, if your parents live long enough, it ends up, like you said, being the complete opposite. So how has that been for you just like mentally dealing with that transition? Not even just with your parents, but like you said, you have an older sister who's been like a second mom as well. Um, and I bring that up just because my mom was one of three and there was a large gap between her and her other siblings so her sister was also like a second mom I think the mm. age gap wasn't as large as yours I think it was like maybe 11 or 12 years right um but I think still large enough that she pretty much took care of her and was a cool you know young cool mom or sister essentially you know to hang out with and do stuff with so even from that angle has they have things like changed a lot for you yeah of course so for me like since I was younger I already knew and this is going to this is going to be a little uh, grim, but like 
out of all my siblings, I would have the least amount of time with my parents on this earth, right? So I always knew that because I'm the baby. So with that, I think that sometimes my sister um, has difficulty accepting my parents that they've actually aged, accepting that fact, right? Because they they had her when they were 20 and 22. So yeah. they've always just been there, vibrant, everything. So now like even with little things, like I'm like, hey, like the most I have, my head my head is on my shoulders in a way that I can be mature enough in those situations where we have emergencies, where I feel like my sister's more um, emotional and she doesn't like think to solve the problem in the moment. And to her defense, when something crazy happens like that, it's very hard to stay on task. But like I said, for me, I've always known that I would have the least amount of time with them here. So I've kind of already created this expectation in my head that they're going to need me the older they get. And my dynamic, my relationship with my sister, I feel like because I'm getting older, she's no longer like a mother to me. She's actually, it actually feels like I have a sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause now you're like, I'm grown. I think for myself, I like, I love your support, but now I don't necessarily need you to baby me. So it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. I could imagine like, cause from you, because you are the youngest, your brother, well, you guys were in the house. You were really never in the house with your sister, but you were in the house with your brother. Right. Well, I was in the house with all three, um, to clarify. So my sister ended up buying a property when she moved, when she graduated from college and she stayed in the house with me and my my brother and I until she turned, I think, 30. And okay. then she moved into her property. She was like a landlord and everything. Okay, got it. Okay, so she was, because I just know that even that can make a difference in like the relationship mm-hmm. you have with your siblings versus- if you saw them every day and they like lived in the house with you versus when they don't. Yeah. I saw her every day up until I was like 13. Okay. 13, 14. So. Yeah. That's a long enough. Yeah. And I, I could too, like at that age, you're like, um, I need my own space. I'm not doing my right. own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is hard emotionally, you know, um, because those emergencies or those situations happen so unexpectedly. Like I like that day where my dad passed out in the garage. I was working remote, and then my mom bangs on the garage door, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Your dad fell, and I can't get him up." So then immediately, I'm like going into like, "All right, move out the way. We gotta go." <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so, um, I mean, I can laugh about it now because he's doing so much better. But in that moment, it was really hectic. Yeah, I think for me, like watching my mom get older as well because my mom like your parents is in her 70s mm-hmm. is sometimes I feel like there's like she knows that she's getting older but I don't know if she wants to like acknowledge that completely and like why I mentioned that it's just like one of the first times it really hit me that oh my mom is getting older is one of the first times she came to visit me out in the San Francisco area and mm-hmm. we went to the Golden Gate Bridge and we parked by the Golden Gate Bridge, but she still had to like walk to get to the actual bridge itself. So let's say, honestly, the walk might've been 0.4 miles or something. So like four city blocks, but those four blocks, my mom really struggled to walk mm. and to kind of keep balance. And, you know, like she really needed to lean on me. And that was the first time I was like, oh, like what's the problem? You know, she was very winded, very tired. And so from there, I know I always like nudge my mom, even now when she listens to this, she'll probably laugh. Like, are you walking? Are you exercising? Are you stretching? 
Um, and I know that like the working out wouldn't be the same as like what we would do now in our thirties or what we did in our twenties, not expecting that, but it's just like, you need to do something because it's like, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And you know that as a child, but as you get older, you know, you're just in general, you're just like, uh, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I don't got nothing to do. I'm chilling. And it's like, that's fine. But then your muscles aren't being used. And then it becomes increasingly harder for you to be mobile Mm-hmm. And being that majority of older people, they still want to have that autonomy. It's like, you got to still think about those things. Because fortunately, right, my mom hasn't had any like major health scares or anything. It's just more of a trying to stay active so that she can stay mobile. And I think that's one thing that has been a challenge for her. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Walking is a struggle, especially I can relate 100% because my dad walks with a walker now. Mm-hmm. Um. So like I said, getting him up and down the steps or even when he falls, like just us coming up with like a a procedure of how to like roll him over a certain way so he can have enough arm strength to pull himself up. Yeah. Because like I was telling my mom, she was like, you know, thank you for being here when he fell. And I was like, but like, you don't live here. So what are you going to do if he does? Because he's going to fall again. So we need to kind of create like a, a system in place for him to like, if he falls, roll over get on your stomach and lift up because i'm not yeah. always going to be there yeah and i think also there's like the element in general no matter what if you fall you're always like embarrassed like oh who's looking at me who's laughing at me but then it's like a totally another level because it's scary you fall and then mm-hmm. you don't have the wherewithal anymore to just quickly like get your butt up what you're used to and i think that's the biggest thing like that may be intimidating to me even as we get older and and like fortunately can live long lives is knowing that there are, you may get to a point like that where you will need help for the most part at all times to like get mm-hmm. from like from one part of the house to another right and then like emotionally with the parents you know it's true what they say the older they get the less they have a filter because the stuff <laughs> they say now is wild i'm like this is insane yeah I think also the age gap you understand like mom what you're saying is so like you would be canceled I need you to stop like you don't get it you know what I mean and so sometimes some of the things I'm like "Uh, you know that sounded like racist I'm gonna need you like to relax yes yeah my dad says some crazy stuff at uh Cracker Barrel one time and I was like dad you can't say that like he's like what I'm not one I'm like dad you can't say that yeah you just can't no, it's, ugh, they don't understand it. Have you talked to your parents a lot about what happens when they die? So I know a lot of people don't want to do this, but I bring mm-hmm. this up because realistically, our parents want us to bury them, not the other way around. So with that said, it's like, I think more of us should try to have conversations about like, do you have life insurance? Mm-hmm. Do you have a will? Like, you know, especially for parents who actually own property or own stuff. Do you have something in place? Like, is the is the state going to be trying to claim this stuff or can we easily divide this amongst the children? Like, and then which child do you want to have what? Because that can also cause turmoil and things like that. So have your parents been very proactive on sharing their plans in terms of like estate planning and life, will, life insurance? Um, not directly per se. They've made comments. I know they have that stuff together. Yeah. They've made comments about like, oh, well, this is yours and this is yours and this one's not getting anything. I'm like, oh, okay. But I don't know <laughs> if that's like uh, them being like petty or just joking, but they allegedly stuff is in place. 
Um, and then also in terms of like burial, we have like a, a cemetery where everyone in our family gets buried at in uh, Burlington, New Jersey. So. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's one thing that my grandfather on my mom's side has done. He had a plot for his wife, which is Mm -hmm. my grandmother. And then it's for my mom and my, and my aunt. So my, my grandmother and my aunt have already passed. So then we would have to reopen it, but it's already there. Okay. And then my dad, he wants to just be cremated. So when he passed, you know, they, which is nuts when you think about it, because you still got to pay for the casket and all those different things. Really? And then, yeah, you still pay for all these things. So think about it, you still have the, the wake and the funeral. So you're still using a casket. So you use all that for it to be burnt in, you know, the cremation process. Because they don't I just, I, from what I understand, they don't just put the body in there. They put everything up in there. Oh, no. But no. that stuff burns to a pulp. So what's left really is just you. It's not the other stuff. It's just your body. And when I actually spread my dad's ashes, it's crazy. You can still see the fragments of bone. Like, that's still there. I don't know how I feel about that. That's a lot. Yeah, these are, like, a lot of things. I know. Like, I... um. For those who don't know, my dad died when I was 11. And so mm-hmm. when he was sick, he was just like, I want to be cremated. And, you know, I would love to be, I would love my ashes to be spread in Grenada. But if you can never get there, you know, you can do it over the Brooklyn Bridge, right? And I was just like, well, no, I'm not going to do it in New York. Like, I'm going to get to Grenada and do this because that's your first choice. That's what you wanted. So when I finally got there, I did it. But it was interesting because I didn't really think anybody be paying me any mind, but there was like people watching me like spread his ashes and they were just like, oh, like, is that somebody? I'm like, yes. Like, like can, you, can you read? Like, can you have this moment for yourself and your father? Like, I know it was a lot. I mean, granted, you know, I was on a cruise too. It wasn't like um, I was in a hotel and could just go at like five o'clock in the morning or something. So I only had a very small window. And so we all were like taken to the beach. Um, so it was like, I'm not, and I honestly was like, I don't care who sees this, but I'm doing it. So it was kind of just like, okay, but I just wouldn't, to me, I feel like I would have just been like, oh, I think I know what's going on, but I'm not going to say anything because it's not my business. Hmm. You know, what's wild. I just, I don't know if you remember this once upon a time, they were talking about in the future, the environmental friendly way of doing a burial service. I don't know if they started this. I just looked it up as we were talking that they would bury you in a way that when you decompose, you would turn into a tree. Oh, okay. And I think it's called, um, it says a burial tree urn is a biodegradable enclosure that stores your loved one's cremated remains to convert them into a tree. And now I'm seeing that I would like to be a tree. That's not a bad idea. I was listening to some, one of those podcasts or whatever that Big Sean did. I think it was on Drink Chance. He made like a small comment about just the way in which we do the whole burial thing is Mm -hmm. not friendly and it doesn't necessarily help the environment because you have all these chemicals like formaldehyde that -hmm. are in our bodies that they put in the casket, that they put in the ground. This isn't adding any value. Then you just have all of these caskets just in the ground. It's there for what? What is the point at this point? The bodies in most of these caskets, you know, at some point completely decomposes to just bone. So why? What is the point? So I think personally, I would want to be cremated. I don't think I would want to be buried in the way in which like traditionally people are buried because I'm like, what is, 
what is this doing for the environment? And like, when you really think about the circle of life, when our bodies decompose and go back into the soil, that is a positive thing. Right. That's why. So I'm here, even though I'm not here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm never really gone. Period. I'm listen. I'm down for this tree thing. You run the <laughs> Have you thing. heard? Actually, that reminds me too of um the Kardashian show. This is before they went on Hulu. This is I think while they okay. were still on Pre Hulu, pre Hulu. Um, I think Mom was like looking at some diamond, like jewelry, essentially that would be her remains, like in the independent of a diamond. Like it could be in a ring, it could be in a necklace. And they were like, "Mom, ill." Like, no. But it's like, I think a popular thing. It's not like something she just decided to do. It's something that already exists. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I see both sides. Like if you're someone who doesn't like want to go that route, like you feel like that's too close for comfort to just carry around someone's like remains. literally. (laughs) I could see how you could feel that way. But then with like Chris, I feel like that's very special. Like- that's really to me it's really cool too so i don't know depends which way you want to go with it i mean how would i feel with that i think i would rock the necklace i just think that i wouldn't tell anybody what was in the necklace yeah i don't think you would need to because she that's essentially where she was like oh you know how many kids is it is it five oh, kardashians yeah it's four i thought no Wait, is it six where- Six, six, six. I always forget the youngest two. Yes, I was like, first husband, yes, two from that, and then Caitlyn had what three or they four had the two. Oh, right, right. Caitlyn did, but yeah. So of the actual Kardashian children, because she was saying, yeah, I want to be able that all of you get a piece of me. That was like, I think her thought process there. But like you said, it's up to you. If you don't want to wear it, you don't want to wear it. I mean, it could be the same like for urns. Like some people don't want even an urn in their house. I don't, my dad was sitting in my house for who knows how long. It was a very long time before I got to Grenada. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think of it like that. Right. See now the urn piece, I'm gonna have to like, I don't know, process that because even when my sister's dog died, Dee Dee, Dee Dee was cremated, and then my sister tried to bring Dee Dee's urns to the house, and I was like, "Oh no, we can't do that." Because if I hear a bark up in here, I'm gonna be. Through. Oh my god! I'm gonna be through. I cannot. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh man, are you more strict now with asking your parents about when they go to the doctor, like what's going on, or do they proactively tell you? They tell me, like, because. I had the relationship with my parents where I talk to my mom every day and she normally tells me when she's going to take my dad to the doctor's office. And then she normally gives me the recap when she's finished. I feel like one time they didn't tell me and I got, I was very upset. And so I think ever since then she tells me what's going on. Yeah. Cause I know, I know her, her not telling me was just like to protect me at the time, but I would rather just know. I'm with you on that. I mean, I know we've had a conversation somewhat related to this of like someone being sick and not saying they're sick until pretty much this the very, very end. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's fair. I think you should, it's hard because I get like some people just like, I don't want you to remember me sick or looking a certain way. So they don't want to tell anybody. But I think especially when it comes to like your children, you should be more like forthcoming. Yeah, agree. Especially like if you know your relative is sick, you're going to move a little different. Like you might pick up the phone to call them more. You might go visit them more. 
you just might appreciate them more because you know that your time could be possibly limited yeah isn't it crazy though like all of our time is technically limited but you're right it's like it becomes more apparent when you know that someone's clock is ticking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i had a a close relative to me pass away and uh we knew that he was battling with cancer for like five or six years not because he said something but because we see him often and he withheld that information from his family including his son so his wife knew both his sons didn't know excuse me so um it wasn't until he went to hospice and that's when he had to explain to him explain to his children what was going on and they didn't take it well they wish they had known but his personality like to your point he wanted them to always remember him as a strong man so i i get it yeah, it's hard. I, I mean, like my mom, for the most part, anytime she goes to the doctor, she's telling me what's happening. So I'm very grateful for that. But I think I would be very pissed off because it's like, yeah, I want you to remember me. You know, like what Kelly say, remember me different. Right. <laughs> that Beyonce and Press episode. And like, <laughs> that was always still in my head. Um, but yeah, I just don't I, tell me like I want to have some awareness and be able to then handle you with care with those things in mind you know because sometimes let's just say you don't know your parents ill and then you're like well come over here walk and do this mile walk with me and do this and do that and they're like and they're like tired and you might all of a sudden snap not but you would maybe not do that if you're like oh they're ill they're sick they're taking medication they're maybe dizzy they're like you're gonna have this more be more thoughtful I think in how you even handle your parents when you know what they're dealing with yeah 100 percent, I agree But yeah, the transition from parent to child is difficult. I mean, for some of our listeners, if you have parents in that realm, it's, you know, I think if you're in therapy, talk about it. It can be challenging, you know, also from a financial standpoint for some people, it can be very taxing, right? Because not only are you mentally concerned, but for some people, if your parents, you know, aren't able to live on their own, don't have the income for like healthcare, then that becomes like your bill. Mm -hmm. or they're living with you now and you're playing you know a home health aide or something because who else is going to do it right it's like you know those things it takes a lot like really thinking through those things and I know some people maybe feel guilty if they were to like put their parents in a home but it's like what you know let's like take cost out of it sometimes it's like the wear and tear on you mentally can you even do it like if you have a job and you got three kids can you take care of the household and everything and also be a, like a full-time caretaker? Sometimes that's just not physically possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think sometimes people should give themselves grace because it's like, oh no, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a black kid from a black family. I'm not putting my, my parents in no, you know, like senior citizen life facility. It's like, it's not even about you not caring about them. It's just like, what do you have the bandwidth to do? Right. And speaking on that, like a lot of people don't realize the amount of resources that are out there. If like you don't want to put your parents in a home, if your parents have insurance, you can definitely um, utilize like a have like a, a nurse come to them every day, every other day. Mm-hmm. And a nurse can like take your parent grocery shopping, bring groceries to them, make sure the house is clean, like just tidy up just so that like even if you're helping your even if you're taking care of your parents excuse me you have that extra help and i don't feel like a lot of people know that those services are available yeah or they're like i don't want to say a shame but it's like oh i don't i'm not going to do that because you know i because i was birthed by this person i'm obligated and it's like you're actually 
not obligated. And that's like another thing. This is going to be a hot topic. Well, not hot topic, but a hot take. If your parents were assholes, <laughs> you also don't have to feel obligated to do all these things. And even with them being sick, it's not that you can't have be care, have care for them and talk to them and spend time with them, but don't feel like you also can't share, hey, I'm here for you now and I want to make sure you get better. But when I was younger, you hurt me and this is how you hurt me. And so can we still address that? Like that didn't right. go away just because right. you're sick. Right. No, that's real. Um, I think there's power in knowing your own bandwidth, knowing your limits. And a lot, like to your point, a lot of people feel like they have to take on everything. But if you literally physically, emotionally can't, that's okay too. Just know your limits. Because like like they say on an airplane, if those little, if those masks come down, you're not supposed to strap your child up without strapping yourself up first, right? So yeah. like, if you're not together, you're not going to do the parent any service, you know? So you need to make sure you're good so that you can help them. Exactly. No, it's true. And I know I was talking to, you know, a friend and she was stressed just about having to always kind of be the the provider or the caretaker for her family, siblings and, you know, parents included. And it's like, at some point you have to start pushing back because, and I mean, in this scenario, you know, her parents aren't as old as ours. So it's not so much about like, oh, they about to go any day, even though you still never know, but it's just still like the, the mental and the physical toll that having to take care of everybody will have on you. Sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes you need to remove yourself from that and be like, no, I'm not going to give you money. No, I can't pick you up. No, I'm tired. I can't physically do this. Mm. Oh, and that's another thing I learned recently, just, to, just in general terms. Like if there's something someone asks of you, if you don't feel like doing that task or request, like if you don't feel like doing it a second time, don't agree to do it the first time. Oh, okay. So if like someone asks you for $5 and you're like, today I got it. And then tomorrow they ask you for another $5. If you're not willing tomorrow to give them $5, don't, don't give it the first time because it's going to create like a cycle and then you're going to be resentful. It's going to be a whole thing. And I never thought about it from that perspective. Yeah, I could see that. Cause like, well, why not now? Why not this time? Mm -hmm. Which is messed up. Cause sometimes people just don't, like you said, sometimes you just have it. Like I have an extra $5 and then tomorrow you're like, I don't. And instead of it just being like, okay, I understand, it does become like, oh, well, fuck you, you selfish, why you ain't give me the money now, that's crazy, <laughs> I don't have it, like, what? Right, because it's mine, I earned it, it's mine, it's not yours. Yeah, I, I learned a long time. time ago, don't, don't loan money, give money. Mm. That was Speaking another of- one, I can't loan it i don't because you know yeah. like if they don't give it back to you then the relationship and the bridge is not burned because you weren't expecting it back period another thing you only loan the amount that you're willing to lose yeah if you if someone asks you for three hundred dollars and you're betting on getting that money back don't give it now if you can give them a hundred dollars and you can go the rest of your life without getting that hundred dollars back give the hundred dollars yeah, I remember, I can't, I wish I could tell you the exact amount, but I remember when I first started dating somebody, they were sharing a story with me about being not friends with someone because they had loaned them money 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with the assumption that this person, well, I just say assumption, the person agreed, like, I'll give it back. But then they saw them on Instagram going on vacations. But like, you know, they still hadn't paid them back. And I was just like, yeah, this is why you can't. So, oh, man, I was listening to one of the, the Reed podcasts and they were okay. going in on some person because one of Rick Ross's artists, for instance, has a daughter who had like open heart surgery. And so they were on one of those, not, I guess like a GoFundMe, like, hey, can you help with um, us paying our daughter's like hospital bills? And so they had raised like $30,000 or something. And then shortly thereafter, he was on Instagram gifting Rick Ross a very expensive chain. So then people were asking for refunds. Because what's the priority here? Right. And then he like, instead of like addressing like, hey, the money that y'all gave me, I did actually spend like on my daughter's hospital bills. He was just like, oh, fuck y'all niggas, like y'all corny. And I'm like, this is still not answer. Like, what did you use the money on? On the chain or on your daughter's hospital bills? I need to see photos. I need to see the daughter in real time. Apparently the daughter really is sick. Hold on. I just need to see if I could tell you the name of this. Like, I need to see if the daughter got the procedure. I need to see a receipt. I need a receipt. And then Rick Ross and get his little chain. I think it's gunplay. Hold on. Like what? Yeah, it's gunplay. That's the one. I I mean, if the daughter's taking care. Well, it's kind of weird because it's like, if you, oh, okay. If you didn't have the money then, how did you have the money now to get this chain? Right. Yeah. It's not like Gunplay or whoever it was made a a top selling song last week. Like no. Yeah. So this is this is recent, mind you. This happened in June. Hmm. Or at least the article dropped in June. So maybe it happened in May. But yes, fans go off on him because you know he did the go had the go find me. And then they saw him give Rick Ross a chain. So yeah. Did That's he a also lot. give his daughter a chain? I mean, she gotta get something. It's just a lot. Like that's like the um the submarine, uh the wealthy men on the submarine when the son uh after his father went missing, went to a concert and people were like, How dare him? I'm like, how dare he? I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Like, was he supposed to just sit home and cry? Like his dad hasn't even been announced dead yet. He's just missing. So Everyone grieves a little differently. So maybe he just wanted to go hang out with his friends. Everybody was coming at the sun, though. I do remember that. Wasn't Cardi B and him by going back and forth on Twitter? I'm like, why is Cardi B even like adding this man? Like, what? Belkalis was ready, okay? (laughs) I cannot. I want her, like, not in a negative way. I need her to, like you know tweet us so that we can just get some more you know listeners on the pod or something because girl some of the stuff that she be like responding to was like this of all things caught your attention why she'd be like because i'm gonna tell you laugh no let her be in my dms or something like girl let's hang out <laughs> you, gotta hit her up. you gotta hit her up on threads threads oh god because yes, people the celebrities don't have many followers yet so they'll respond threads i don't even gosh what the hell what the hell is that it's uh instagram's response to twitter so it's like once you make an account <sighs> you're essentially everyone on instagram will see that you made an account on threads and just follow you it's the same yeah it's the same thing 
okay i'm getting tired like also how many lanes are we gonna steal instagram you got a lot going on in a good way you have a lot going on you make a lot of money and then now you want to be like twitter i just essentially you already have the status things and it looks like also now you can like show what music you're playing in the status oh yeah i love that is it like is that automatic i think so yeah because one day i just woke up and i could just put music in my status so yeah i'm like y'all already doing a lot it's like facebook status again that's how i got spoiler alerts for on um the last episode of snowfall so i'm good like i don't need this shit it's too much we oh by the way y'all listeners we got an instagram though i did do that after three seasons i did make an instagram account so go follow us on there at ugly ducklings podcast remember (laughs) very simple all regular it's not a sprint it's a marathon yes so yeah go follow us on instagram now you don't got to look at our pages just go ugly ducklings podcast but you can still look at us if you want to (laughs) yeah maybe one day when we make it big i need to find a photographer fun fact i'll say this before we close out um i you know my whole young adult life i'm not gonna say ugly duckling life because that's not it but young adult life like like college post-college you know oh you should be a model you should be a model you should be a model you know i've never done it so i was like let me find a photographer here so i could take i don't know four or five like of those like standard photos and then i'm gonna submit and we're gonna see what happens so i can be this like middle-aged woman who's breaking out as a model for ASOS and Nasty Gal. That is the goal. Let me be on ASOS. I will be very happy. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm believing it. We're going to put this out in the universe right now. Yes. You're going to get your first gig in six months. I'm claiming it. Yeah. So I just got to find this photographer to do, you know, because like they don't need super professional, but I just need someone to take it for me where I'm like, you know, with a, a neutral background. So I just need to find somebody that can do that. No, fuck that. They need to be mad professional and legit, okay? <laughs> with, a nice, with a nice low price. Yes. I just need... I'm going to show you. I'm going to text you the, what I'm, the photos that I think I need based on what I saw on not Instagram, on Google. And um, then I'll go from there. But yeah. Or you, you can know. use um, one of those AI apps and just make headshots for you because that's what everyone else is doing. I'm done. What? I that could be an episode. That could be an episode AI. terminator uh, judgment day that's where we're at yeah we should probably add that to the list of topics before we close out the season because i can take y'all down a rabbit hole as a techie a rabbit hole i'm telling you yeah let's do it okay ai episode coming soon (laughs) yes well, yes. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Ugly Ducklings podcast. Let us know what you think. Follow us now on Instagram or email us at uglyducklingspod at gmail.com. And we will catch y'all next week. Peace out. Later.